Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about Aventure, a new platform that's making venture capital available to the masses. It doesn't matter if you are an accredited or non-accredited investor. Aventure provides a opportunity to diversify your investment portfolio by providing access to investing in venture capital funds. The Aventure app provides everything you need to make startup investments, including extensive research material, seamless transaction processes, and allocation measures. For fund managers, Aventure seeks to help you streamline your operations and launch your fund. Now, typically, venture capital and startup investments are liquid, which is a major pain point in our industry. Aventure is fixing this by offering periodic withdrawals for its investors. I and many others in the industry are so excited about this launch. Their first fund launch is coming early next year. So if you want to be the first in the know, join their waitlist at aventure.vc. That's A-V-E-N-T-U-R-E dot V-C. Also check the link in the show notes. Aventure is a California-based fintech company and operates independently from investment advisors on its platform who may be registered as investment advisors in the U.S. or qualify for exempt reporting status. Hey, I'm your host, Mike Gelb, and this is the Consumer VC Podcast, where we discuss the intersection of venture capital and consumer innovation. If you're enjoying the show, I highly recommend subscribing to my newsletter at theconsumervc.com, where you'll receive new episodes straight to your inbox and a weekly recap of all the consumer deals that are happening. All content and episodes are for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not investment advice. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about Aventure, a new platform that's about to launch that's making venture capital available to the masses. It doesn't matter if you're accredited or non-accredited, Aventure provides an opportunity to diversify your investment portfolio and invest in private funds. If you're a fund manager, the Aventure app also provides everything you need in order to make startup investments, including extensive research materials, seamless transaction processes, and allocation measures so you can properly diversify your portfolio. Now, typically, venture capital and startup investments are liquid, which is a major pain point for industry. Aventure is fixing this by offering periodic withdrawals for its investors. I and many others in this industry are so excited about this launch, they're preparing to list their first fund in the beginning of next year. So if you want to be the first to know, join their waitlist at aventure.vc. Our guest today is Mark Washington, who is the founder and CEO of Supergut. Supergut is the world's only clinically validated food that nourishes the gut microbiome and delivers meaningful results across gut health, blood sugar levels, well-being, sleep, weight management, and other categories of overall health. I've personally been very impressed with their products. We discuss Mark's gut health journey and the founding story of Supergut, how the microbiome affects gut health, and how he thinks about creating real IP and product differentiation, his approach to marketing, positioning, and sales channels, and who is the intended consumer of Supergut products, along with much, much, much more. Without further ado, here's Mark. Mark, thank you so much for taking time today. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks, thanks so much for having me, Mike. I'm doing well. How about yourself? It's I'm, I'm doing great. Doing great. It's Friday. Good to hear. It's great. Yeah, it is. Great, yes, it great is. to hear. Can't great complain hear. about that, right? Exactly. Can never complain about that. So, Mark, let's start at the beginning. What was your introduction to gut health? And how this is a dumb question, but why is it important to have guarantee healthy, it's not a dumb question. <laughs> why is it, why is it important to have a healthy gut and how do you improve it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Not a dumb question at all. Um, so I guess the, the, to start just for a bit of context, like I'm, um, other, you know, entrepreneurs started, you know, super gut, a gut health business. I came up in this space of health and wellness and all things better for you. So I, uh, I've always been a nutrition, fitness, not a play sports, et cetera. And I've, I've been an executive in this space, but I would say until really starting this company, I would call myself more gut aware, right? I mean, four years ago, like I was familiar with gut and I understand and hearing more about it's important. And the last company that I ran, uh, Beachbody, we had a shake and it had some probiotics in it. So I was like, okay, I, I get it. Yeah, it's gut health thing is kind of important. I will give, and I know you're connecting with, you know, my seed investor from the production board, Dave Friedberg. And so Dave and I go back a ways and um, he had been talking to me over time about, 
this gut microbiome thing. And, you know, and I had this itch, this drive inside of me, like to build a company, right. As opposed to just being executive and helping scale someone else's vision. I was like, I really want to do this. And I want to create a business that can transform health. And I give Dave a lot of credit because he's like, listen, we'd love to back you from the production board. And then secondly, if you really want to transform health, you really need to go deep into the science of the gut microbiome. Right. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll take the, I'll, I call it like one of those matrix moments, right? I think it was the, I can't remember if it's a red pill or the blue pill, whichever one opened your eyes at that point in time. I took that pill and literally it's like mind blowing. Um, this is about four years ago because what I saw, and this gets to your second question. What I learned is that the gut microbiome, essentially your intestines, your digestive tract, some of your small intestine, but also especially your large intestine, uh, is home to billions upon billions of tiny microorganisms, largely bacteria, um, that we now know have an absolutely profound impact on health. And what we know now is that it's not just about digestion, like regularity and constipation and bloating. Like that's the starting point, but it's incredibly profound. It actually has mechanisms that in many cases control most of your systems of health in your body, right? The way that you process food, you know, the production of vitamins happens in your gut, your immune system, your inflammation, your metabolism, right? I mean, so things like blood sugar control and appetite control and weight management, even heart health. What we even know now is like there's a big connection between what happens in your gut and your brain, like mental health, this gut brain axis. So these are the reasons why gut health is so important is that it's so much bigger and broader than just digestion. It literally is your foundation for total overall health and wellness, disease prevention, you know, performance, you know, I mean, it's literally that, that center point. It was almost like hard to believe, but it really is true. And we know a lot more now based on a, a breakthroughs in science and technology and, and the breakthroughs in research that have shown just what a profound role that your gut has in your overall total health and well-being. So you were researching and trying to understand um, microbiome, gut microbiome, and kind of how it all, I guess, connects to other parts of your body, including, you know, how it is vital um, if it's in a good way, it's vital also for your brain as well. How, how did this lead to you developing, you know, a, a consumer product in, um, in super gut and, and also how did you, how did you also think and, you know, think about as well, R and D when it comes to, uh, and the kind of science that actually led into super gut as well. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So that's the part that I came with, right? I mean, knowing, and unfortunately, I have a background in this space. And so the productization and how to translate, you know, the concepts, the insights into products, consumer products, food, beverage supplements, that's kind of what I know and love and have done throughout my career. And so once tapping into the science, I was like, and this is both um, a huge need in the market, as well as an opportunity, because no one has really tapped into the science of the gut microbiome and put it into foods, like accessible foods that people actually like to eat, that taste good, right? I mean, a lot of the, the science of the, the microbiome has gone into therapeutics, right? I mean, there's like these breakthrough weight loss drugs, these breakthrough diabetes drugs. A lot of it has gone into supplements. You know, you see a lot of probiotics and pills and testing out there. There's been very little of this breakthrough science of the gut biome that's been translated into, into food, into nutrition. And that's kind of my background. That's what I love. I love like food as medicine and I, I'm a true believer in it. And so it was, it, it made just perfect sense. Let's tap into this breakthrough science and, and, and do it in a way that can transform people's health, but let's make it unbelievably accessible. Let's, let's incorporate it into food and let's make that food delicious so that people actually use it and they continue to eat it over time. And so that was always the concept. And yeah, my, you know, from a, from a, R&D and a product standpoint, like literally my first hire was a PhD food scientist, right? That worked for me at Beachbody. And so we dove into the science and he has been a partner in me in the past, right? In the translation of the, of the science into, into products. So it was always foundational. And then we have our own unique, you know, aspect of technology that we tapped into that we created to go into super good products. So you were for the get-go, you were thinking, okay, I understand, and especially when you're doing these research and learning, oh my gosh, like how vital it is, all these nutrients that we have to um, have to absorb 
and actually take in. Um, but let's do it in a different way. Let's not, instead of having supplements, let's actually do it in a lot more, as you say, accessible way, doing it through food, doing it through shakes, doing it through ways that actually people enjoy bars and actually enjoy consuming. When you are, how are you thinking? Because I know you have, you know, powders and, and, and shakes and, and bars. How did you think, what was kind of like the first iteration or first, um, for, uh, first forelay do you want to um, uh, get into? Was it starting off with the bars? Was it first starting out with the shakes? Or what would you think? No, no, we actually we actually started off with the shake, but actually, I'll take a step back from there. Like where we really started was the technology. Like, okay, so what pathway? How do we translate? How do we change your gut? Right, that can a way that can change your life. And what we tapped into was while the probiotics are out there, there's some questionable evidence as to how much they're actually doing. We actually tapped into some specific molecules that are found in nature that feed your gut, like that literally feed the good bugs in your gut that are already resident in you. And we found a specific class of them, what's called resistant starch, that has a ton of clinical evidence naturally found in like starchy plant foods and vegetables, but it's almost absent from the Western diet. And we're like, this is amazing. This is breakthrough. This is actually comes from nature. We need to find ways to create concentrated dosages of that, create our own blend, and then let's figure out how to put that into foods. And so the first step was literally tapping into the science of resistant starch, and it's called a prebiotic, right? Which is different than a probiotic. So a probiotic is like supposed to be a live bacteria that you consume, right? To add to the billions and billions of bacteria that are already in your gut. Even if they're, you know, make it to your gut, probiotics, the good bugs, they still need to be fed. And none of us get enough in our diet. And how we feed them is through different forms of prebiotic fiber. And then, you know, we have a super powered prebiotic fiber called resistant starch that we formulated. And so the first product then that we translated our blend was into a shake. And it was it was really um, important because we were like, we need to get a lot more of this in our diets, right? And so what's like a Trojan horse way is how we can get a ton of this resistant starch fiber blend into your diet. We're like, I think we could do it in a shake. It's going to be you know, a hefty shake, right? I mean, because we actually have 20 grams of this fiber. Is It's like the first ingredient on the shake label. So it's very, very different than a typical protein shake or meal replacement shake that might have, say, two or three grams of fiber. We have 20 grams of fiber, more fiber than protein, right? Um, but we designed it in a shake because we're, this is a great way that we can get it in. We can still make it great tasting. Like we we worked for three months to get like a proof of concept that could be functional. And then we worked for the next year to make it a great tasting shake as well. And so that was the, the first kind of iteration, the first activation of this kind of gut health resistant starch technology was in a shake. And then over the past, whatever, six months, we expanded into bars and sell our our fiber mix on, on a standalone basis now too. And that's actually in the, in the fact that we not just found them, but found highly concentrated versions as well as created a blend that um, we believe based on the science and the data, like has actually some synergistic effect with different forms of this pre concentrated dense prebiotic fibers. And that's actually how we have not just IP like in theory, but that's actually how we were able to patent this as well. So it's like truly food technology, you know, true IP. And in the food space where I come from, it's really, really hard and very rare to actually get a patent about it because most of the stuff you're doing like exists in nature, right? But what we did was quite novel and unique. And what we were able to show was that it was so effective. It was actually more effective than what the clinical research had shown on like a resistant starch on a standalone basis, like this combination, this blend that we created, you know, delivered what's called an unexpected result, right, to metabolic health and blood sugar and, and appetite. That was what allowed us to get a to get a patent around our our blend. That's incredible. That's amazing. Um, how so? When you were doing this research, and then you discovered, and then or developed this IP around the resistant starch, how did you also think about testing? Um, the resistance to starch and like what were and and how and and how um and what were kind of like the reactions um I, I'm, I'd imagine that you were maybe testing it and maybe others and, oh you like, know I was yeah like, yeah, yeah. if like, I do something I am all in like you can ask my wife she's like you're such a company man I was like I can't help it I'm so unbelievably passionate about this so so yes like so when we first got into it um such a great question because one of the differenti differentiators about how we are going about it is not just to create a product that can sell. Like this isn't just a shake company or bar company. Like we're literally trying to help empower people with better control over their health. And it's, it's necessary that it actually works. And so measurement, which, you know, a lot of brands don't do a whole lot of, they want you to just, 
you know, believe it's like a, trust me, you need this, right? We're like, no, 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 don't just trust us. Like you can measure us, like hold us to the task. Like we want you to measure us. And so from the very outset, one of the things that I knew um, was really important for overall health was in your metabolism was actually healthy blood sugar control. And this is whether you have normal blood sugar levels or whether you're pre-diabetic or whether you're living with diabetes, like blood sugar is actually really, really important to overall metabolism. And so one of the very first things we did when we started creating our blend and creating our shakes, we got, went out and went, got like the diabetes test strips and we were poking our fingers and having shakes and having other shakes and seeing what our blood sugar response was and so forth. And so, yeah, I was guinea, definitely guinea pig number one, along with Bren, our head of, head of R&D. So we were absolutely the first ones to do it. But obviously, we're not going to just rely on a sample, you know, an N of two. <laughs> um, so once we actually then had a, a full formula, then we went out and did consumer testing, right? And so went through that same type process and had people consuming our shakes relative to a traditional breakfast or meal and watched kind of how their blood sugar, you know, changed over time. And then after that, we've actually gone out to this next level. And this is the stage at which, you do, again, you don't see happen in food and beverage companies. We've actually gone out and done like primary clinical research. So we just completed, actually just had published a peer-reviewed gold standard clinical trial on our product. So more akin to what you see happen in biotech and in medicine, right? Go through this rigorous clinical trials and testing. We're a food company, but we have the same ethos around, you know, this really, really works. And so we actually did that. Like it was a three-arm, double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled clinical trial to show just how effective that these shakes could be on, you know, digestive health, on quality of life, but then specifically on your metabolism, right? And significantly improved blood sugar control, healthier weight, healthier blood pressure, just about everything we measured moved in a positive direction. Um, And so, yeah, we've gone to that level of testing and measurement to make sure that this works. And it actually was just published in a leading medical journal, which usually only does like medicines and therapeutics. I, I think we're one of the first like commercially available food products that they publish research on. It's called Diabetes, Obesity, and Metabolism, a really leading medical journal that just was published. So yeah, it's been been a good week, uh, the fact that that just, just came out. That's amazing. I mean, I mean uh, congratulations. Usually you. a, a consumer brand, usually you don't you don't hear about them ending up in medical journals. That's that's really impressive. Yeah, first sure. and and many, it's like a, a, a secret. Many of them don't really want you to test or measure, right? I mean, it's more based again on a belief system uh, versus actually measurement. Um, we love it when someone wants to measure and wants to see some tangible results in their health because we're like, bring it on. We know our stuff works. On the sh- on the shakes front, is there an ideal time to actually consume the shakes or? Or super gut products um, throughout the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, there is. It's that whatever time works for you. <laughs> like honestly, like it's not like and and different folks like. It, the most important thing that we say, like when we talk to our customers about like consuming super gut products, regardless of shakes, bars, or, or a fiber mix, it literally is the most important thing is you need to try to get these nutrients into your diet on as regular, consistent basis as possible, ideally daily. And what you know the science actually says is um, you need to try to get around 30 grams or more of fiber in your diet. Most of us get like in the 10 to 15 grams. So, so we have a, a like literally only 5% of adults in this country get that minimum amount of fiber in their diet, 5%. So none of us, right? And so the most important thing is how do you find ways to get this in on a much more consistent basis, kind of regardless of what time of day. Now, I also say, I mean, I'm a little facetious, right? I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But uh, what we do find is that a lot of people, especially for shakes, will have it as breakfast. It's just such an easy, like, you don't even have to think about it. Like, you know, obviously, again, I'm, uh, I'm a product of the product. Uh, so I have a shake essentially every morning for breakfast. Don't even have to, th- all I have to think about is what flavor, or what recipe do I want to make? And it really works for me in my schedule. And then I usually will have a bar, right, in the afternoon, a snack to time me over between lunch and dinner. Um, so really, the most important thing just as a daily habit. It's interesting because what I've, what I've actually heard just um, maybe, maybe the marketing of it or just, um, and, and, and I've certainly have done this and I've, and I've really liked it uh, doing uh, practicing intermittent fasting and actually just not eating in the morning and how that's really good for your gut. Obviously, as you say, like, like the, the, the best time of day is um, the, the best time to consume super gut is of course when it is to you, 
But I'm, I'm kind of curious if you were someone that maybe would have a shake in the morning, but maybe want to try out intermittent fasting as well. Like how would you, how do you think about these kind of two things? Um, um, from your perspective? Very good question. We actually, a lot, so we actually rebranded to Super Gut over the past year, and that's actually when we launched our new products, and we actually are attracting a broader customer segment, including those who are very progressive and preventative in nature, but interested in the subject of gut health. And so this has come up, you know, quite often now, like different people trying different lifestyles, diet, whether it be keto, intermittent fasting, and it absolutely can work in your lifestyle. We see a number of customers that are on intermittent fasting that use one of our products to break their fast, right? I mean, so it doesn't have to happen right in the AM time period, but actually can be a really positive food source to, to break your fast. Others will use it later, right? Because what we know is the resistant starch fibers, they're actually slowly digested. And so what it does, it actually gives you stable energy that lasts over time, as opposed to things that are high in digestible carbs and sugar, which give you a big rush and then a crash thereafter. And that's like the worst thing <laughs> that you can do. Uh, if you're on intermittent fasting, especially towards the end, uh, right, is to have something that's going to, to go away and not sustain you, right, throughout the throughout the fast. So we do have some customers that do like to take it towards the end, as call it like near or the last thing that they consume to keep their, you know, stable energy, you know, throughout the rest of the morning. So, so yeah. No, that, that, no that's really helpful. That's, that's really great. That's really great. Um, how, so... After you did all did all this research, and of course you've you've built businesses before. You were at at Beachbody, and I know it, and I know a few others that were very successful. Um, how how then did you think overall about like the brand, the marketing behind it too? Because there's a number of you know I go to for example like Expo West last, last year, and there's so many companies that are of course targeting you know better for you and and maybe more maybe on the on the, on the probiotic side rather than rather than the, rather than the, the the prebiotic side but how do you how do you kind of distinguish you know super gut from all the other kind of players that are kind of playing in this space or maybe similar spaces that's a great great question something obviously we we, we think about quite a lot i'd say at the very outset um we're trying to do two primary things right from a product standpoint um it is First is kind of tied to what you said, like this foundation in science and efficacy, like at a clinically validated level. Like that's that's number one. It's very rare, unique, but it doesn't stop there. Like we're actually trying to optimize the intersection between that and products that are accessible, you know, and I say craveable, the kind of products that you would want to take and consume, even if they weren't healthy for you. I think it is the intersection of those two points where impact and change happens. And I don't see very many brands in general in the better for you space, let it definitely not in the gut health space that has really done a great job leading the charge of both efficacy and taste as the, as the combination. And that's kind of our aspiration, right? Is to be the leaders in that space and broader call it functional food, but especially within the gut health space that really delivers on the promise. This actually works for you, but you know what? You're going to enjoy it as well. And so that's sort of the, the combination of where we, where we play. Um, and yeah, and so we're trying to be the leaders and I'd say, and then from a branding standpoint, like super gut, we rebranded to essentially try to own that, right? I mean, so within the space of gut health and in particular gut health nutrition to make it incredibly apparent what we're about, right? We really are about that foundation for, for health. So it was the name and it also is in our approach to branding and brand awareness and content, which we're really, really leaning into because we, we came up with a foundation and product, as you can tell, like the science and the product, but where we are building and flexing now is around content. And in particular, we have a voice. We, we have a lot to share and frankly educate consumers around the subject of gut health and why it matters. Like Just like this conversation now, why it matters. What's a difference between a probiotic and prebiotic? What's this resistant starch and why does it matter? We actually are out there, you know, very, very active now across social and podcasts and newsletters and so forth to, to really raise the overall collective awareness and then obviously help position Supergut as a thought leader in this space to help drive consideration and, you know, and hopefully you know, help us, help us drive growth as well. No, it makes a lot of sense. And really, honestly, I genuinely mean this. I love the name. I love the branding. I think it does look great. Really, really do like love it a lot. Um, you know, exactly what you're about with, with a name like super guy. <laughs> it reads, um, right? <laughs> it does. It does. It yeah. reads. Exactly. Exactly. Now is the shake meant to be a meal replacement? Do you, are you meant to make, take it with, with a meal? Like what is the psychology in terms of how to actually consume it? 
Yeah, so it was designed to essentially be an effective meal replacement. Um, because, you know, think about like what I call era one of metabolic health, like, and, you know, avoidance of bad things in your diet, in particular sugar and carbs, et cetera, keto. We're like trying to be the trailblazers of phase two, like metabolic health 2.0. It's not just about what you are taking away, but it's also about what we are giving you. Um, and that is obviously a resistant starch fiber blend. The great thing is we tried to design a shake that, that capitalizes on both, right? We're delivering the nutrients that you need through resistant starch, but you know, being a shake that's very filling and can serve as a full meal replacement can also help you avoid the bad stuff, right? In your diet. And so it's trying to be that one, two combination. So it was designed as a meal replacement shake. And, and fortunately, not just with the, the healthy protein and fats, but with the resistant starch fiber blend, it's very slowly digested and it's very filling. It's literally the first thing that people remark when they do have our shakes is, wow, I'm really satisfied. And a couple hours later, like I'm still not hungry. Like there's this feeling that you get right away about, you know, being satisfied and not having cravings, which really is key to, you know, metabolic health and not, you know, over consuming and having bad things when you don't feel like cheating so much. So yeah, meant to be a meal replacement. Some people like who aren't looking to lose weight or what have you will just add it. And that's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine to be a shake to add it with the meal. Um, But most people are like, yeah, I'll take a little, I can drop a pound or two here. You know, I don't mind a a, a filling meal replacement. Well, do you, do you find then that many of your consumers or or, or people that are interested in super gut are coming to super gut initially because they actually do want to lose weight? Yeah, it is very much a common thing. Like, and I've, listen, I've been in, in this space forever and there's, there's, there's levels of it, but I, I can say this in painting the consumer landscape in broad brushes, the vast majority of us would like to lose at least a little bit, right? If not maintain at a minimum, lose a little bit and some want to lose a lot, right? It is, is like generally, you know, almost regardless of where you're on your health journey, most of us are interested in some level of weight loss. And so it is a very attractive thing, even if it's not the primary thing, right? That, you know, I'm not looking to r- you know, proactively lose a dollar weight, but at least maintaining, if not a pound or two here, like that's a, that's a good thing for me. And that's like what we see for most people. So yeah, it is quite common that people are like really, really appreciate the cravings and the healthy weight management aspects of our product. What we have seen, like especially since expanding, you know, and rebranding under Supergut, the different um, benefits that people are looking for has broadened significantly, right? Because now we're bringing in consumers that are uh, a, a bit more gut aware and realizing that your gut health is actually connected to so much of total health. And so now we've got multiple doors of entry. It's not just a weight loss and it's not just a blood sugar, you know, reduction. There's, you know, digestive health. Like people are looking to regulate digestion because they know that that's the starting point of gut health. Um, we've got energy, right? People understand like when you consume fiber, you have stable energy levels, right? Stable blood sugar, but stable overall energy. Frankly, there's a lot of people that are connected between your gut health and your mental health, like mood, concentration. Um, Those are absolutely connected. It's this aspect of research called the gut-brain axis, where we do know that there's this bi-directional relationship between mental health and the things affected by it and the health of your gut, right? And so there's some people that are actively looking for gut health with the benefits around mood and energy and, and sleep quality. So we've got like multiple doors now that people are coming in, like as their main reason for for uh, giving Supergut a try. How's been the education piece? I know we talked about it right here about, about prebiotic, but like, I, I know that you're releasing a lot of content and you're, you know, kind of educate the consumer about uh, how why prebiotics are important. How has that gone? Do you feel from a content perspective, um, um, and also just trying to make that you know um, that education piece around gut health a lot more accessible to people? Yeah, absolutely. I, it's going really well. I'll say this is still. I, I would say it's a competency that we are building as we go. Uh, we've seen even in these early stages, though, we've seen that there is such an appetite around this topic, right? I mean, you know, people are seeing and hearing more and more about gut health and about its important, even, even if they don't necessarily know why, 
um, they're hearing more and more that it is a thing, right? And so there's that, that's helpful from a tailwind standpoint. It kind of opens the door to have the conversation. Right? Literally, if you look at gut health or gut talk on TikTok, it's literally one of the most you know searched you know hashtags and terms. So there's an open door, right, to learn more about about gut health. That's why there's been some receptivity, right, to what it is that we're doing that, to help connect the dots. You know, so it's not just I think it's supposed to be important to the why, right? And to what to do about it and to drive that awareness and consideration. Because we do think that raising that collective understanding and awareness obviously will help drive consideration. I would say some of the indicators are like, you know, we've had some viral moments, right? Both through us, right? And, and you know, when, um, you know, when our investor, Dave Freeberg, when he, you know, talks about the gut microbiome, it gets people very excited, right? And, and Supergut's one of the leading brands that's really tapping into the science that that helps as well. So we've definitely had some moments out there where we've been able to create and draft off of, you know, these viral moments where people, all of a sudden, an influx of people that are interested in the subject of gut health. We're just in the early innings, though. We're just getting started just to find different ways to resonate and connect because not everybody is ready to go deep, deep into three layers in terms of how it works, the mechanism of action, and so on and so forth. Um, So we have to figure out how to make it, you know, uh, accommodate those who want to go deep, but at the same time, not force you to have to have a PhD, right? And biochemistry to understand, right? We want to be able to accessible so that as long as you ha- have a sense of some interest that we can have content that, uh, that can be relatable. So um, early stages, but it's going well so far. No, hundred percent. I think that's great. I think that there's been such a great movement and powerful movement of consumers wanting to understand and know a lot more about their bodies. Like even just with podcasts, like the Andrew Huberman podcast and like other ones, you know, that just do, I think a really exceptional job of, um, of kind of explaining the ins and outs of how, how, of, of, of just overall nutrition and breaking it down. And for sure. And I think it's going to continue, right? I, I think this is part of the consumerization of healthcare, like people that want to be empowered, right. And not necessarily rely in the old world. It was all through your healthcare provider and your doctor was like the only source of truth and information. Whereas now this broader consumerization of healthcare, people want to be informed, people want to be empowered, you know, and I think that you see that, you know, applying now the subject we're talking about in gut health, but you're seeing it apply in in other areas, measurement, you know, optimization, you know, things of that nature. People want to track and measure and understand their health. I think it's only going to continue over time. How, how also did you approach and think about when you launched your pricing and did, and, and was the goal always to be a subscription business? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I came into this, like a lot of my background has been, you know, I've done both direct-to-consumer brands, digitally native, as well as traditional retail-driven brands. The goal was always to be an omni-channel brand, but with the start as a digitally native DTC business. So we could get up and running, we can get out there, we can really maintain a very close, established connection with the consumers, like conversations. Like I, you know, you talk about being all in, like I'm in our community every single day, reading posts, commenting, liking, like I, that, that part of it, I think is really, really important to us, especially in this early stage as a, as a company. And one of those fundamental elements of our go to go to market was subscription, right? And it, it's not just great from a business model standpoint, like it really, for us, it really ties into the fundamental premise of the business. Like we are trying to help you regain and sustain great control of your health as fundamental and foundational as the science is, it's not a magic pill. It's not going to work overnight. So if you just buy one shake, right, one bag and use it for a little bit, yeah, it's not going to, you know, it's, it's going to be better for you than if you hadn't had it, but it's not going to really transform your health. It really needs to be a consistent habit over time. And so we do set it up and we make it very easy for folks to subscribe. We obviously encourage it as well. Um, and it obviously translates also to a great business model, uh, right? And so we do have a pretty high subscription rate. I'd say about half of the customers do decide to sign up and subscribe, which is you know quite high relative to a traditional CPG, you know, shake nutrition type uh, type company. So yeah, that's always been built into the the go to market. And then you asked about price point. Like, so my concept is we always wanted to make this accessible. Um, right. So this isn't something that you, you know, you have to be in a high income, the top 5% of earners to access this type of science. Like, you know, this concept of democratization, you know, taking the, the science from, you know, Silicon Valley and from the, the great researchers and actually making it accessible to the masses has always been part of the ethos and the foundation. Um, so that's always been a part of it. And so that's why we try to make our products as accessible 
as possible, but without sacrificing the quality. And so like a shake, it's like where it ends up, the products are more expensive, relatively speaking, to other products that are in the same format, but significantly a uh, significant value relative to alternatives that might be as effective, right? <laughs> when you get into therapeutics and other things, right? And so, but at the end of the day, this think of a shake. So our shakes are really, really effective meal replacement. It's about three, $3.50 or so a shake. That's $3.50 a meal, right? You're spending more than $3.50 for a meal, whether it's a breakfast or a lunch or what have you. So when you think about from that standpoint, it's very accessible, very affordable. But again, like, so that's an important thing, but it was... um it was always without sacrificing the quality and the taste factor of the products, which are, you know, in terms of the spec, you know, that we, you know, uh, uh, design our products for those come first is like function and taste. And then we optimize kind of the design and the cost of it kind of, but within, uh, uh within those constraints. No, that's, um, I, um, I really appreciate you sharing and breaking down how you thought of it from a cost perspective as, okay, what's reasonable to pay for a meal since, you know, on the shake side, at least it, it, it is, it can be used as, as a, as a total meal replacement. Okay. $3.50. That's not re- like unreasonable to pay for a meal. Like that's, 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 that's still like a r- r- really easily cost. And it's also interesting too, to hear how you think about subscription. Like I had on, um, Chris Ashenden from, um, athletic greens and, I think they were pretty maniacal about, all right, if this is going to be really a subscription first business. Um, and I don't even think that, that they're in retail yet. And they've been doing, you know, an incredible, you know, um, D2C business um, with, you know, like, like single product, which is just um, incredible. And what I think is interesting is with Supergut is, you know, you're, you're open to retail. You're open to get into, into stores and have like a, a also like a, a compelling um, wholesale business. So that's, that, that's really interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and obviously, I think Athletic Greens has done a fantastic job. Like, it's a really, really great brand. And I think they've done a great job resonating. Actually, there's some elements of what they've done that we actually do, um, you know, partake in ourselves, right? I mean, they're very content and brand driven as well. And they do, you know, talk about the science. Obviously, we're going to a much deeper foundational science and a, and a deeper level of efficacy, but in a similar type avenues like, you know, social content, podcasts, et cetera. So I, I definitely admire what they've done. The other difference is obviously like their product is truly a supplement. Like it is in addition to whatever it is that you're eating or consuming in your day. Whereas ours actually can help replace some of what you're doing. It's food, right? It's nutrition. And I think that actually t- lends itself to mo- even more of an omni-channel presence, right? Where you are thinking about nutrition and food and you're buying groceries and meals. And this is a complement, uh, you know, within that ecosystem, which I think makes it even more uh, adaptable, right? And amenable to an omni-channel type, type business. What was it like in that process for raising the, um, raising your series A? What, what type of miles uh, milestones did you want to achieve um, uh, from after you were able to have that influx of capital as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think for us, and so this was, let me see, it was about two years ago, right? When we raised an A and we had saw like great traction off the bat. Like we spent the first two years as a company researching, like investing in the science, right? R&D, et cetera, right? And we, you know, got off to a, a really solid start, right? When we first got out to market, we're like, okay, we, we're onto something here. We have a lot to prove, but we're onto something. Really need to figure out, you know, product market fit. We really need to really further invest in the science. Like, because this concept around clinical validation, it was always part of the plan, um, but we hadn't done it yet pre-Series A. So that was a, a use of funds. And it's like, we also need to figure out this brand. Like, what are we going to do to figure out the brand and actually draw, you know, create awareness for this business? So those are some of the key elements that we were looking for as we went into our series A. And it's actually why we ended up landing with not just, you know, one investor. We actually had two, uh, two investors. So we had, um, Alpha Edison at led, and they really approached the business more from more of a consumer angle, right? What are you doing that is solving a problem in consumers' lives? How are you changing behavior? How are you leveraging technology to do so? But at the same time, we're like, but we're still investing in the science, right? And so we actually brought in Acre Venture Partners that does a lot of work in ag tech and food tech uh, and in the gut microbiome, right? That brought some of that expertise, some of that network to bear uh, as well. So kind of filling in both sides of it. And they've both been great partners uh, since, uh, since investing as well. How do you think, since you do have, you know, IP, which um, as we've alluded to, not very many computer uh, consumer brands actually have real IP. How do you think about what makes sense to actually verticalize and what actually doesn't make sense to verticalize 
when it comes to your supply chain? Yeah, it's a really good question. I'd say at the at the outset, the one thing that we um, have done, and I think will continue to make sense for a while, is you know, think about it. You know, our business as part of the core competencies that we need to own, like from the science and the product standpoint, we need to own. You know the research. We need to own the formulation. We need to have that IP. So that's internal. That's like manpower capital. That's important for us to maintain. What's not been important, I think is not going to be important for, for a while, is to own the physical assets, the hard capital required to physically produce our products. You know, I, fortunately, I've you know, come from this space. And so I have a, you know, a, a great network of suppliers, manufacturers that we partner with in the actual physical production of our goods. And so we essentially outsource the uh, working capital and the, um, the manufacturing of our products. So that's kind of from the outset and I think has always, always been the case. There's another angle of it, though, and just in regards to from a commercial standpoint. Right. And so thinking of like future products and product development, like we have a real core capability here around productization and we have the potential. We're building the tooling, the capability to expand this same concept into additional food categories. Like what we have done, yes, we've put it into shakes and bars and a fiber blend, but this is really versatile technology that, you know, we have seen and experimented. We have the potential to create. I call it like this functional food platform, right? I mean, think of great food products that you know and love. Now think of a, a gut healthy version of that, right? That's something that we can create. Like, and listen, we can do it internally. Like we have the capability of the tooling or we could also consider the prospect, you know, given we have IP, we could also consider partnering, right? And we have the potential to license, right, our IP in like a co-branded type fashion of products powered by Supergut, but potentially with brands that are already have some more established brand recognition and, and distribution as well. So that's an avenue that we are, will be open to in the future. I think, you know, time will tell kind of how much we lean into one path versus another from a, uh, from a product development standpoint. Yeah, no, I was actually just, I, I was also curious about how you thought about product development and re- releasing and launching new products. So that's very interesting about kind of like the two routes you could take, either licensing out the IP or doing it or, or kind of doing it yourself and have, and maybe have your, the actual Supercut website be like the home of all of, obviously of all of the different uh, products that you have, or do you license it out and, and, um, and have it not be the case? So that's, um, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about both. I think the thing that I'm most excited about, though, is thinking of that end state, right? I mean, how can we be a part of driving this vision where food becomes functional, functional food becomes more mainstream, right? I mean, foods that are actually doing something for you in your health that you are enjoying, and that you're not going out of your way to consume. Like that's a really exciting vision for the future. And obviously, we aspire to be a trailblazer leader in this. I think that that is the path to better public health to actually have a meaningful impact on public health. Cause I think it's through food. I don't think medicine, healthcare system, frankly, I don't even think supplements. I don't think those are the ways that are going to fundamentally transform health. It's, it's food. And so, so that's, that's something that gets me excited being a part of driving that uh, functional food, like accessible functional food movement. You know, there's a lot functional has become, you know, kind of a, a, a big word today, right? A lot of people use functional. It's a big word in the market. Where do you think we are right now in this moment of time when it comes to functional food? Because there is so many brands, right, that are kind of attaching functional um, to their brand um, to and 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 maybe they're they're fulfilling. It's a bit of a false claim when it comes to what the brand is saying as opposed to actual product themselves. I'm a big fan of the overall space, right? Of better for you foods and beverages and supplements and things that are you know even claim to be functional almost all of which are directionally beneficial. Some are not. Like there's like some bad actors out there that's truly not. Let's let's set them aside for a minute. But the majority of those who are creating foods in this better for you space are well-intentioned and at least directionally beneficial. Now, where I call into question is just how functional is it though? Is it truly? Um, and have you actually shown and proven that this is delivering on that promise? And that's where I do believe wholeheartedly that there's a significant gap today. And it's, and that gap is not new. I think that gap has been there for a while, um, between what, uh, 
products are promising relative to what they're actually delivering and have shown through evidence that they actually are delivering. I think there's a, a really big gap there. Um, where I think things are going, I think the consumer is becoming, again, this consumerization of healthcare is becoming more inquiring, more interested, and I believe will continue to become more discerning right, of the products, the foods, the supplements that are claiming to provide function, especially as there's becoming more ways to, to tell, more ways to measure, more diagnostics, more things that consumers are continuing to look at. I think it is raising the bar so that you, you're no longer going to be able to have such a gap between functional claim and actual efficacy, actual benefit. I think that that is, is dangerous. I think it's a dangerous game. I believe, and I think it's a good thing, that consumers over time are going to continue to demand more and more uh, that you're actually delivering on that promise and on that function. I think a big part of closing that gap, uh, uh, sorry, I do have to go back. It's to the science, right? It's the way, it's the evidence. It's not just, it's not just anecdotal. It's not just based on a belief, just believe me, like we've seen some studies and we sprinkled a little bit and, you know, it, your, your life is going to change. I think it's going back to the evidence. So I do think more brands, and again, it's an area that we hope to, to help lead the charge, but we hope others follow as well in actually delivering on the promise and proving it, right? Actually going out and through some form or fashion and showing through data that the products are actually functional in what way and how much and how often you need to have them so that we can, you know, uh, deliver with confidence um, and yeah, and deliver on that promise and, and actually help people versus just convince them to buy a product because of a claim. I love what you say that. I love how you say that. And as you say, it goes back all about the science, which to me is you have to have some like, like IP and product differentiation is going to matter more and more because as we both, you know, talked about the consumer is only getting smarter and the consumers only, only kind of pay attention to a lot more to those, those nutrition labels and, you know, what, and also, you know, understanding and, and, um, what, you know, prebiotic even means and biomes, what that even means and kind of all these, all these things to really understand. Yeah. And the ways to measure it, I think, are only going to continue as well. Right. I mean, and so I think the the data is going to say it for itself. So if you're not delivering and as more diagnostics and things become more widely available, like the consumer will find you out themselves. <laughs> right. If they're wearing a continuous glucose monitor, as you're seeing become more and more prevalent these days, they're going to see how what you offer is affecting their blood sugar. Right. Are you spiking? Are you crashing? Those are not good things, you know, for your health. Right. And there's and we're at the precipice of this from a, a measurement diagnostic standpoint. So I think it's going to raise the bar, which I can't wait. I think it's a really, really good thing <laughs> the more that this happens. Yeah. I mean, there's only going to be, th that's not a really good point that there's only going to be now more, maybe a partnership um, uh, uh, between consumer tech. I mean, obviously what you do is consumer tech, but meaning software wearables, um, where you're actually able to track you know, you know, hardware, they're able to track it. And as well as, okay, does that actually match my intake and what I'm actually consuming on the, on the, on the food and beverage side. Absolutely. I, I'm so excited for this. Like I, I just saw an article the other day. It was talking about um, the blood sugar revolution, right? I mean, historically, no one talked about blood sugar unless you were diagnosed with diabetes, right? And it's serious chronic condition. And, you know, fortunately, we've shown that our product actually helps those living with diabetes because it's can absolutely that functional to reduce their blood sugar to a healthier range. But this article wasn't about chronic disease and condition. This is about the fact that it's becoming more and more prevalent and known that effective healthy blood sugar control is like the key for healthy metabolism. It's not just blood sugar. It's also weight. It's weight loss. It's also energy levels, et cetera. And as a, as a result of this, you're already seeing more people proactively wearing continuous glucose monitors, tracking measuring, kind of trying to avoid foods that spike their blood sugar and trying to maintain stable, healthy blood sugar. And this is just, you know, generation number one, right, of these consumer versions of this, right? Imagine when it starts getting into watches and, and so forth, where they're actually able to track diagnostics in a more mass scale. Um, very exciting, very exciting for, for a business like ours that actually we know that our, our product works. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also just also this like this macro trend of like preventative health. Right. And you actually want to track yourself kind of day to day to avoid, you know, long term. Okay. You're going to be okay long term because, hey, you're tracking yourself day to day and you're actually okay day to day. And so, and so getting yourself to like, like the right kind of measurements and numbers and, and, and right stats um, that you can have on the, on the uh, day to day basis to kind of prevent, you know, or at least try to prevent what, um, 
um, like what bad things could possibly happen to you in the future. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it actually was a big part of like us as a company. Um, when we rebranded under Supergut, um, it was a big part of the impetus was more of a focus on prevention and on wellness and of avoidance, right? A lot of our customers um, who we absolutely continue to serve through today were already there, like really struggling with their health, with, you know, metabolic disorders. And we've shown that we can help them. But you want to really have impact? How about, you know, the whole ounce of provision is worth a pound of cure? Like, how can we help people be preventatively, like stay in better control of their health, right? Because once you get to that point, the unfortunate truth is that most of these chronic metabolic diseases are like chronic and lifetime, like, and you're on medication, like for the rest of your life. And so, right. So these are really heavy physical burdens. They're heavy, you know, emotional burdens, heavy financial burdens. So if you can be more preventatively in control of your health, that's better for all, for everyone, except for the healthcare system. (laughs) But Exactly. I want to leave you with this final question. What, since you launched, what has been the most surprising thing, positive or negative, that you've learned from from customers with with feedback? Yeah. So I'll give you, I guess, one of both. Um, on the positive side, I would say, um, since launching this company, I've never been more inspired. Um, and it's and because what we do, it just gets me going, right? To help people, you know, gain better control of their health. It just feels so good when I'm in the community and I'm hearing feedback about someone who's been struggling, right? And decided to give this tiny brand super gut that they heard about or saw an ad for or saw a social post for a try. And literally it's been life-changing, right? I mean, whether it was their digestive health or, you know, they really wanted to lose weight or get blood sugar or what have you, like the way that that feels to be part of someone's journey towards not just better health. Usually that's like an unlock on life. It's a shine moment. Like that feels better than anything I've done before. So that's like inordinately good. On the flip side being an entrepreneur is no joke, right? This is just not for the faint of heart. Like people ask me, they're like, oh, it's, they romanticize it, right? I mean, yeah, you're building on your dream and you're your own boss and like you could create a huge wealth and mountains and so on. So I was like, listen, it is amazing, inspirational, absolutely. Before you dive in, make sure that it is some, one, that you're solving an actual problem that people actually need solved, Right. And then secondly, make sure that it's something you truly fundamentally care about. Because if you don't have the grit and resilience to fight through, you will not succeed point blank, right? And that's one of the things that has been surprising to me, just how true that is. Listen, I've been in this game for a long time, not as an entrepreneur, as kind of the right hand. And so I was like, I thought I knew, right? I've seen the entrepreneurs ups and down. And you're in that seat when you're in the arena and you get, you know, punched in the face by something that goes wrong. Like it is really, really challenging to get back up and to fight through. Um, right. And so it is, and it's in a way that was surprising to me, like that I've been through so much, just how much resilience it takes, you know, um, to be in this game and to fight through some of those. I absolutely wouldn't change it for the world. Um, but that's been a, been a surprising challenge is, you know, getting and getting beat up and it happens daily, right? You get the highest of highs and lowest of lows multiple times, per day, right? And so you got it. You got to have a thick skin. You've got to be up for the fight to, to do this game. Yeah. You have to, th- ha- you have to have a thick skin and kind of remain even keeled. Even when things are, you know, the, the highest of highs, you have to remain uh, even keeled because you just never know what's around the corner. Exactly. You, you better never, save up some out. of that juice, some of that goodness for when it gets dark outside. Yeah, so. exactly. Mark, I feel like I could talk to you all day, man. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. I really enjoyed it as well. Some great questions, Mike. I enjoyed the combo. And there you have it. It was such a pleasure chatting with Mark. I hope y'all enjoyed listening as much as I did speaking with him. And if you are enjoying the show, I highly recommend checking out my newsletter at theconsumervc.com where you'll receive all new episodes straight to your inbox, as well as a weekly recap of all the consumer deals that are happening. Thanks for listening.